it's hard for me at this moment to find a job. In order to find a job, I need experience. But in order to get experience, I need the job. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. Oh, and I'm Lauren. And uh, we're so excited you're here. We're having a lot of fun with this podcast. We have these kinds of conversations on a daily basis, morning and afternoon and night. And it, we just had this, this epiphany when we were traveling together that, wow, we should really be letting other people in on these conversations if these people are willing to share. So we are giving people free advice on their brands in exchange for their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Totally. by inviting them to be a guest on our show and to just talk very candidly about what their challenges are as they build their brands. And speaking of vulnerable, oh my goodness, this episode, she just... She's a cutie. She's so cute. I just wanted to reach through our recording devices and give her a big hug because, I mean, we didn't graduate. Well, no, actually, I'm turning 30 this year. Who am I kidding? I graduated <laughs> years ago, but we know what it's like to have to to not know what the future has in store, not know what your job's going to be. I went into this podcast not even knowing what advice I was going to give her or even having any idea on what I would hire Dubraska for. None. You'll hear. We actually read the email that Dubraska sent me a few days ago out loud. And I was going to reply to her and be very honest and say, Dubraska, this is what you're doing wrong. But then I lightened the email. I said, actually, come on our podcast. And Dubraska really is just a, a solid example of what a lot of people nowadays are facing when they're trying to find jobs. And I hate to be picky, but millennials, ah, you know, it's mm-hmm. the sentences start a lot with I, 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 and I'm sensitive to this. Not, I don't think I'm a millennial. I think I'm too old to be a millennial. Right? You are totally yeah. a millennial. <laughs> oh, don't okay, even. Fine. I'm a millennial, but I didn't make this mistake when I started. Otherwise I wouldn't have what I have now. Yeah. I only had four months to find a job, to stay in LA and figure it out. And so that's why this conversation is fun because we take a trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. You know, it it really does ground me thinking about those early days and the uncertainty of not knowing how I was going to pay my rent, how I was going to start a business, how I was going to make, you know, ends meet. Yeah, yeah. It's tough and it's kind of like, how can you appeal to people looking for jobs when you don't really have much of a reference point. You don't know what they're looking for. It's really difficult. So I'm hoping that Dubraska got some advice that she can take action on. I know she did. Yeah. She said she did. So let's have a listen before we reveal any more. Yeah. Let's oh, have God. a listen into this conversation with Dubraska. Well, I have a job that I actually enjoy, which is good. But I think that I get bored really easily. (laughs) So I'm on this point of my life when I'm like, okay, this is good, but it's enough. And I need to do more just because I, I feel like I can do more. So that's why I reached out to you and I was like, hey, can you help me do more? (laughs) Because I really want to, I like to be busy. But sometimes, you know, I, I, I just don't know how to. So I'm curious to know, when you say that you have a job that you really, really love, what are you doing? What do you love about it? So I love that I've been learning a lot about styling. And that's something I like. I like to style and I like to learn about brands and fabrics and things like that. That's, that's what I like about my job. But is I want to write. That's what I study for. So... 
And on this job, I don't write, even though I'm learning about the, the fashion industry and more about styling. And that's something I want to do, but I want to do more like journalists and write about that. I want to help people learn about that it's not about fashion, but about style. And being able to do it is good, but I feel like I'm too close to just a few people, you know, and I want to be on like a bigger market. I want to do it for more people. I want to, I want more people to know why it is to like feel good with yourself and be who you are, but at the same time showing your best you. How long ago did you graduate? A year. So you graduated a year ago. What did you study? Media communication. Got it. And Nebraska, pardon me for my ignorance, but are you from the U.S. or are you from somewhere else? I'm from Venezuela. Got it. Okay, got it. So you've got this additional challenge. I thought that this would, before I went to reply to your email, I thought, no, hold on that for a second. I'm going to get you on the phone because I think there's a lot we're going to navigate in the next few minutes that's not only going to be useful for you, but also useful for a lot of people out there that are wondering what to do next. Whether you graduated school yesterday, you graduated a year ago, you're still not quite doing what it is you want to do. This conversation is to shed light on that and, and hopefully kind of help clarify how we can make sense of all this. I think the most competitive job market out there is all of them, really, when you first graduate, because there's always this conundrum of, you know, to get a job, you need experience. To get experience, you need a job. And we can all relate to this, but how do you break through the noise and the competitiveness and also pursue something you want, but still make money? You know, how do you pursue a passion, but also pay your rent at the first of every month? This is kind of what you're facing right now, right? Correct. Totally. <laughs> exactly that. Has it been tough? Yeah, it's, it's been really tough. I, when I graduate, I decided that I wanted to move to L.A., which was, of course, a big step. And a lot of things made that harder than what I thought. And I spent three months without a job at all in L.A. And tell us more. You found a job. Tell, talk us through this whole, this whole challenge. Yeah, so like after three months, I found a job. I didn't like it at all. It wasn't related with my career at all. It was more like a, I can pay the rent with this job kind of thing. <laughs> so that was good, but I needed something else. I found another job that is the one that I have right now, which I like, but it's not as related with my career as I wanted to. And um, it's hard for me at this moment to find a job because of what Gigi said, like in order to find a job, I need experience, but in order to get experience, I need the job. So it has been challenging, as you can tell. Dubraska, in your email to Phil, you had said that you were applying to a lot of jobs. So I just, to help me understand the sort of what you're going through, could you tell us what types of jobs you're applying to and sort of what process you're going through? Yeah, I've been applying for uh, freelancing, writing, staff, writer. I've been applying also as assistant for people that I know is doing what I want to do just because I know I need to learn and I need to start at some point. 
but yeah, those are the kind of stuff that I've been applying mostly, uh, copywriter or like blog writer or staff assistant or things like that. Okay. So let's figure out what the, what's not quite gelling here. You're applying for jobs. Are you hearing back from them or are you hearing nothing? Well, every once in a while, I hear an email back. I get an email back saying, oh, you you didn't get it and keep trying and things like that. But not for everybody. Like there are a lot of companies too that um, they never reply back to me. So it's so like tough to just constantly get rejections or even worse, like just silence. It's awful. I've been there. Phil, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Because I think you kind of went through something similar when you first moved out here, you know, because you were not from the U.S. You moved to L.A., you didn't know anyone. So could you sort of walk through your experience with, and I, you never actually, you created your own job. You never even got a job, right? Yeah. Dubrasco, the same thing happened to me. I moved out to L.A. after being rejected from a pretty high profile internship. <laughs> you don't, you haven't heard about it, Google it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I moved out, I moved out here, I applied for jobs at uh, advertising agencies. I thought that's what I was supposed to do, but no one uh, got back to me. So I actually thought to myself, I subletted an apartment for four months, lived in someone else's house, shared a kitchen and a bathroom. I was so skinny that summer because I actually was afraid to be in the kitchen at the same time as my roommate. So I like to didn't eat. So no, I'm, I'm telling you that story because I relate to it because people will look at my stuff and go, oh, look, fancy TV, whatever. But actually, you want to know what my first client was? A wholesale candle and fragrance company in Ohio. And that was the first person who was willing to pay me money. Nope, that's a lie. That's a lie. She couldn't pay me money because I didn't have my student visa. I'm Canadian. So I didn't couldn't actually legally get paid yet. I didn't have my work visa. So she gave me a computer in exchange or an iPad or something like that. Or no, she bought me a monitor computer monitor in exchange for work that I did. And so that was my start. I had four months to figure out how the heck do I stay in this very competitive city and make it work. So let's talk through that. We're going to make the case that you make like a lawyer would to argue something. We're going to make the case here, your case stronger, so that you book a job. You find a job doing something you love to do. That's what we're going to do in the next few minutes. Does that sound good? That sounds excellent. <laughs> So, Dubraska, how real do you want me to get on this call? Too real. Too real? Okay, awesome. So, I'm also speaking from personal experience. When I graduated from school, I wanted to go into journalism. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be paid to be right. Just I wanted to write full-time day to night. And when I moved to New York, another big city like LA, the first thing I realized was that I could work on a, a reporting job, nightlife reporting, which is shocking if you've ever met me. And I could work for eight hours and I would... <laughs> I just got that. No, it's true. That was good. <laughs> and so I would work eight-hour jobs at a, interviewing people at clubs, which was horrible. And then I'd have to spend a few hours writing a small little blurb about the party and I would make $75. And it was once a week and it was torture. And it worked out to be making the equivalent of about $4 an hour. So if I'm going to be real with you, writing is not going to make you money. No, at least not at this stage. I know tons of editors who are successful and living in New York and are still barely making rent. It's just the world we live in because it's oversaturated. So I think for my recommendation, and Phil will probably have a different one, maybe, 
Maybe he'll agree. My recommendation for this call is to figure out a way to put you in the expert seat so that you're not a person looking for writing jobs. You're offering something more than writing. Gotcha. We have to avoid this coming across as desperate. And when we go back to the days of when I decided to do my own thing, I, by the way, never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just needed to pay my rent. So when I couldn't get a job, I was in a circumstance where I met some people. There was a a meetup. There was a gathering of people where I was in contact with really people who had money to spend on their marketing materials. Once they got to know me, they asked me, they said, Phil, you know how to make a website. Can you make mine? And to be honest, I wasn't really super good at that at the time. And I said yes before I really was qualified to do it. But I was in that moment dedicated to finding out the answer. That kind of curiosity helped big time when it came time to actually building my own agency. For the first few years, it was just me. Now everyone does everything for me and I just show up. No, but, um, you know, back in those moments, you have to figure out what is it that people need? You've heard this before, I'm sure. You've heard my whole philosophy on the branding formula. The formula for successfully branding yourself is something you love paired with something others need. I want to spend a few minutes on filling in the variables to that formula so that we can build a strategy to make sure you don't seem desperate, right? When you go to someone, Nebraska, and say, here's the situation I'm in. I'm looking for this. This is what I'm passionate about. I have had a hard time finding a job. I haven't heard back from people. If you go back, rewind, and listen to how many times I just said I, people start to tune out. And I was one of them. I thought, I have to get Dubraska on the phone because we need to reposition this email. That was paraphrasing. There was you know, more in the email, but it was so much about you. And in a busy moment, right? In a busy moment, people don't have time to think about you. They're worried about themselves. I almost want to like rewrite that email on the phone. What do you think, Lauren? Can we? Can we? Yeah, um, that's a great idea. Let's rewrite the email on the phone. Can you pull it up, Lauren? Yeah. And we're going to pull up the email. We're going to rewrite some of these key messaging points, Nebraska, and you're going to go out into the world with a brand new cover letter that we're going to workshop. And I guarantee you that you're going to have a job in a matter of weeks with a little revised strategy on how you're putting yourself out there and conveying your value. So let's spend a minute on this. Something you love. Fashion, empowerment, feeling good. What am I missing? What is something you love? Helping. I love to hear people saying that I was part of the reason why they finished something or why they did something or like that I help, you know? Yeah, it seems like you like being useful. Yeah, exactly. I think it would probably be helpful if I quickly read through the email. I think hearing it from someone else might actually help. And and maybe we could sort of discuss it a little bit. Oh, hello there. It's Dalton again, interrupting your regularly scheduled program just to tell you a little bit about Phil and Lauren and what they do on the daily. Do you know what they do on the daily? They do this. They give people brand audits that people pay for which is a more in-depth 90-minute consultation with both Phil and Lauren to give you advice on your brand to make your dreams into a reality and help you launch into whatever industry that you're trying to get into or already a part of and just make it better. 
So what you can do is go to philpound.expert slash therapy. And just for you, because you're listening to this podcast, you can get a little special 15% discount on your very own 90-minute brand audit with Phil and Lauren. Now back to your regularly scheduled program with Phil and Lauren. I think it would probably be helpful if I quickly read through the email. I think hearing it from someone else might actually help and and maybe we could sort of discuss it a little bit. I hope you're doing great and already enjoying the new year. I'm emailing you because you're the only person I trust enough to ask for this. As you might know, I've been working for Nordstrom since May 2017. And even though I like what I do and I've learned a lot about the topic I enjoy, fashion and styling, I also know for sure that this is not what I graduated for. It's been a great experience, but I'm in need of something more related with my career. I miss writing, designing, creating, and just being creative. I wanted to take the opportunity to ask for your help and let you know that I'm available for freelancing. So if you need someone or know a person who needs help, I'd love to get a chance. I've been applying for jobs lately, but haven't gotten any positive responses. So I thought I'll contact you and see if you can think of something I can do. I hope to hear from you. Thanks. So let me add some context and then do ask a few questions for you. I got this email when I was at the airport and I just dealt with something very stressful. Dubraska has no way of knowing that, but mm-hmm. that was the circumstance. I got this email and I was really stressed about a client project. But my first thought when I read through this was, oh no, it's another person who needs me, who depends on me, <laughs> you know? And, and it stressed me out a little bit. I then noticed how many eyes were in this email. And that's when I thought, I've got to get Dubraska on the phone because I know she's a superstar. We've got to reposition this slightly so that when you go out there, you are attractive as you know, for an employment opportunity, for any opportunity for someone like me who hires. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's so interesting is speaking with someone on the phone will never replace or will never be replaced by written communication. But just from speaking with you on the phone for a little bit now, it's so clear to me that you like being useful. You like to help. And I don't think that comes across in this email. And that's one of like the top things you love to do. Yeah. So I want to ask Lauren, because you're really good at writing, How would you, and you also, by the way, I can't relate to being in the position of like submitting my cover letter. I had to do it for a few months, resume and cover letter. But then I was like, wait, I can create my own business. You bounced around from job to job for longer than me. Let's give Dubraska and anyone else who's listening and wants a job, not necessarily with us, but with anyone out there. How do you position yourself to put your value first? Well, um, you're in luck because my mom is actually a career counselor and I've had a resume since like the fourth grade. So, Dubraska, you're getting Sandy, Sandy Moore's words of, of wisdom. Whenever this is literally the most useful thing I've ever learned. And this is goes beyond applying to the jobs. This is getting anything that you want. You have to think about the other person and you need to position yourself as how you're going to enhance that other person's life. So, when you're applying to these writing jobs, or when you're emailing someone like Phil, something to think about is that Phil, everyone needs something and it's your job to kind of construct an argument to show that they cannot go another day without having you. So I would recommend with all the jobs that you're applying to, look at those job postings and highlight really key words and pepper those words into your cover letter and into your resume. Because a lot of these jobs are actually using now automated systems to filter through candidates before anyone, any human even looks at these jobs. So by matching the language on those job postings, you're immediately going to be a step ahead from the competition. And I just think 
you're so sweet and you have such a nice demeanor. And I would just love if that that presence came across in this note. Like instead of saying, I'm emailing you because you're the only person I trust enough to ask for this. Instead of having the word ask, you might want to say something along the lines of, I really respect what you're doing and I would love to be part of your business. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. Or I feel like I have so much to learn from you and I love being useful and I would just love to be part of a part of what you're doing. So you're flattering, but you're also showing some accountability in there for yourself. And so I think that's really sort of what that missing piece is in this this note, at least. And, and if you're sending something similar for your cover letters is taking it one step further and really like filling in the blanks for whoever is going to be looking at that cover letter or resume. Yeah. That's not a lot better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think so far? What are your thoughts after hearing that? Talk us through what you're thinking. I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> Why are you sad? You should be excited. Because I'm making so many mistakes that I didn't know I was, you know, like, this is so revealing. And I mean, I'm excited to know now, but I feel like I was like, actually wasting everybody's time, you know, like. Okay, well, don't think that because you have to remember, we've been working as professionals for like a decade and you're you just graduated. You're like a baby in this working world. So every moment where you're feeling sad is actually a learning opportunity. But I think this is also great because you have the writing skills to really articulate how you want to be part of an organization. I want to jump in here with one thought as we have this conversation on how I've hired some of my contractors that have become full-time. It never starts out with a job description. I've never written a job description. I've never published a part-time or full-time job. When I hire someone, it's because I have an immediate need to fulfill and that person fits the task that needs to be done. Emphasis on the word task because anyone that has started working with me, and I know people who run agencies and and companies that have grown out there can relate to this, it starts small. I'm not going to bet on you by handing over a salary before I've even worked with you. Ask Dalton, the producer of this podcast, also your roommate. (laughs) Dalton, bless his heart, worked for probably four billable hours for an entire month before I really decided, oh, I think he actually can do more. Wait, he knows how to do something in Photoshop? He can edit audio? Oh, he's creative. He can write a tweet. I mean, do you you remember that? You worked literally four billable hours. And that was the beginning of me trusting in his ability. That was the beginning. It gave us an excuse to engage for me to understand what he's good at, where he can improve, and see how that fits within my business. So that email you sent me definitely wouldn't get you hired with me. We've established that. I want to do a fun little brainstorm on what would get Dubraska hired with us. You know what I was thinking? If you said to me, if you did a thorough look on what I'm posting on social media and on my website and what I'm wearing, and let's say you saw an opportunity for me to publish a blog post about how to pack or what to wear when I'm traveling. There's a few different things. Maybe there's an opportunity where you say, Phil, I watch your Instagrams every day. If you know from Dalton or anyone that's connected to me that I'm obsessed with Instagram stories right now. Let's say you watch my Instagram stories every day. You could say, I'd love to help you style, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's totally, like completely. Because I do not have good style. 
I have nice clothes, but I don't always know how to combine them all. But Dubraska could, for example, as a way to get in front of me, could say, I want to come over and help you put together a few outfits for your next Instagram story. I would be so cool with that because that is such a creative thing that no one, and trust me with how many students I come in contact with, no one has ever come up with that idea. I'd be totally down for that. And that would be a stepping stone too, right? So one thing I've learned when I was starting out and freelancing and juggling a billion jobs at the same time, well, not a billion, but it was a lot. I learned that you should never say no to an opportunity when you're starting out and you should always keep your eye out for opportunities because everything is a stepping stone and the world is a really small place. So think about it. If you were to approach Phil and say, hey, Phil, love your Instagram. In all honesty, this outfit, I would have loved to see something like this instead. Will you let me style or put together some ideas for your next shoot? If Phil likes the work that you do for styling, you can bet he's going to start referring you as a stylist to clients. And also paying you for it. Because if it becomes something I need, I need Dubraska to pick out my outfits because otherwise they're horrendous. Then someone like me is willing to pay for it. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm starting to see myself and see what um, what I'm doing wrong and why this is taking me too long. And I feel it's because I'm always open to what people want me to do. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But uh, like what you say, it's like a great idea and I would love to do it, but I would never come to you and be like, hey, I think you need my help. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> for me, that's, that's like, I don't know, like, why if you take it like, like I'm rude or like I'm being judgmental, like I'm being like I'm trying to put myself well, on top of you, you know? Well, let's answer that question. What if I do take it the wrong way? What do you think would happen? I, lose an <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're going to see me different and I really respect you and I don't want you to see me like a person that is trying to, like a new graduate that is trying to put herself in front of you, even though you have like a ton of experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a good point because you wouldn't want to be giving me unsolicited advice because my brain might go to the place of, I really don't have time for this today. But whereas if you start out with a compliment, I often tell people that if they're reaching out to a stranger on Twitter, start with a compliment. What is it you like about that person? Where do you see opportunity? And how can you make my life easier by providing that solution? So I think it's a delicate balance, Nebraska. It's a very valid concern because sure, I could interpret it the wrong way. But if you make the necessary steps, or sorry, you take the necessary steps to be happy, be efficient, be positive, and be productive with that email and feedback and conversation, then I think the effort is more important than not making it, you know, than not doing it at all. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk a bit about how we're going to position Nebraska. I really do like Phil's idea of you approaching people and offering to style them, like maybe one complimentary styling by Skype first. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I love that. I like that you... You define it. Yeah. Don't just say, I'm going to help style you. Say, I'm willing to give you a free one hour consultation. You're going to get to the point in your career where you don't have to give that. But if you're just starting, which you are, you do got to give a little to get a lot. But define, define those expectations and parameters up front. Don't just make it vague because then I, 
I'll take advantage of that. Hey, uh, Nebraska, I need you back here tomorrow because I've got a thing, you know, in half an hour. Like, uh, no, you know, that's, that's a, that's a paid consultation. You know, that is, that's your time and that's my money. But define it up front. What is it they're getting and how is it creative? We have to give consideration to that. How is this a creative solution for a busy person? I have an idea too. Debraska, I have a walk-in closet and I'm a little bit of a hoarder. Like I love just the idea of organizing all of my shirts in a row on the same hanger, whether or not I actually wear the shirts or not. And it would be so useful to me and I'm sure to many people in Los Angeles if someone came over and objectively looked at their wardrobe or closet and told them what they need to get rid of and whatever had potential and needed to be like fitted or tailored. It would ultimately be making their life easier because it would mean better things in their closet and less time spent on figuring out what to wear. I would love to do it. Well, where do we go from here? I think let's make an action plan. As we finish up in the last few minutes, let's make a plan of exactly what you're going to do next, Nebraska. What are you going to do? I'm going to offer people what they need. Not what I can do, but what they need me to do. <laughs> Instead of waiting for them to decide what where to put me, I guess. I love it. I, I can't wait to start like applying what you guys just told me because I feel like I'm losing so much time. And now I'm like, in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you guys like solve my life. <laughs> I just need to like start doing it now. We're thankful that you have been such a good sport. You probably didn't know we were going to read your email out loud for not only us, but now everyone else listening. But listen, this is exciting. Go do it. And report back to us. Let us know how it goes. Oh my God. Thank you so much, guys. You have no idea what you just done. You literally have no idea. And I really appreciate it. Our absolute pleasure. We appreciate you. And thank you for hanging out with us on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. <sighs> that was amazing. It made me like happy and excited, but also just like, oh. Well, it's real though. I know, it's real life. This it's got is ups what and downs. recent grads and even people changing jobs, this is what you face. I know. You face handing out your resume and your cover letter hundreds and hundreds of times and sometimes not even hearing a response from people. Or when you do hear a response, it's, I don't want you. Yeah. That's tough. Oh, God. Well, I actually think that Nebraska, what's really exciting, and I didn't expect that at all from this episode, was I think she actually has like an action plan. We figured out some services she could offer. No, I'm excited. And, and, and like a lot of the guests that we have, I hope we hear back from you when something exciting happens. Share it with us, with our community, as you take this feedback and implement it and make your brands better. Not just your brand, but your life. Totally, you know? totally. So listeners, if you had some additional thoughts, if you wish that we had given Nebraska some extra advice, if some of this felt really, really true to you, you can tweet Phil. Yeah, you can tweet, and you can tweet Lauren too. Yeah, but you're better. Don't. I'm at Phil Palin on Twitter. You're at the Lauren Moore because my parents blessed me with a common first name for my <laughs> common last name. <laughs> um, use the hashtag Brand Therapy. We are watching that hashtag. We are excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed today's episode, we want to hear. If you didn't enjoy it, you can also tell us. And since we are a new podcast, we really appreciate when you leave us a five star review in the iTunes Store. It please, helps please, please. others find this podcast. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. And hopefully you learned something new and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Bye. Here's a little preview of our next episode of Brand Therapy. Oh, really? Do I have a brand? It's like 79 things. 